This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The title of this little confusion is Fancy Dress. This party guest has spent a month crafting her pirate costume. She's even perfected her. Arr! But did the invite say wear fancy dress or wear a fancy dress? Arr. She's confused. There's nothing to misunderstand when you choose a free Confused.com reward with car or home insurance. Get a freebie from Domino's, Halfords, HelloFresh or IMO Car Wash. I'm not confused. I'm Confused.com. Available on single annual policies. HelloFresh 18 plus subscription service. Geographical exclusions apply. For T's and C's online. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's every week we're pointing at each other saying, you go, no, you go, no, you go. It's like sort of like awkward kids on the phone. You hang up. No, you hang up. Um, uh, This is the Blank Podcast, where we delve into those difficult moments of well-known people. And uh, I'm Jim Daly. And pointing at me, saying, no, you go, uh, is Giles Paley Phillips. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, very good indeed. This is quite giggly today, aren't you? I am a bit giggly. What? It's eleven mm. forty-five in the morning. It's a bit too yeah. late to be giggly. I don't know why. Um, it's just it just makes me laugh when we keep pointing at each other. We're just <laughs> we're too nice. Like we, one of us just needs to go. No, I'm doing the intro, but we're just uh, yeah. we're just like oh you you go you go you go. Well, I think it's nice to mix it up. Otherwise, it's just like you know if it's just one of us doing it every week, it feels like you know you don't want any leaders of the band. Basically, we want no, to be John I'm... and Paul. We don't want to. Paul. <laughs> which one's you're which? Paul, are you? Am I Paul? I'll be John. I'll be John. Yeah. Okay. So you're the cool one. I'm the I'm I'm the wow. less cool one. <laughs> you probably made more money. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if only, if only we made Beatles levels of money, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Um, well, look. Anyway, this is a very special episode, isn't it? Really special. It's our second mm. special episode uh, in recent time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things are happening with the pod, which is really, really exciting. And we just yeah. we want to share that with our listeners because, you know, they share so much with us when they tweet us about their episode, episodes they like and um, emails and stuff. So 
and we just we you know we appreciate our listeners so much they're so good to us so we just wanted to share back with a bit of mm. a bit of exciting news really yeah do you want to tell them what the exciting news you can is do or shall it. I? you can do it john you can do it <laughs> thanks paul <laughs> um well the exciting news is we are going to release a book we are indeed a, a real book <laughs> with pages book. and words on it <laughs> that we've written <laughs> That we've actually, we've actually written the words written. to. Yes. It's and a, it's all about blank podcast. It's about the blank podcast uh, and sort of all the themes that surround it. It's called yeah. Blank, Why It's Fine to Falter and Fail and How to Pick Yourself Up Again, uh, which is, I think is a really nice uh, sort of summary of the pod itself, to be honest. Yeah. So it's, it's a perfect title. Um, and yeah, and the book is coming out next year. And essentially, this is, this is the secret project that we've been working on, which I, th- yeah. I think, um, hinted at sort of in a few episodes that we've got this thing uh, that we've been yeah. doing, but we can't obviously talk about it. And and now, you know, we are thankfully allowed to talk about it, and we've been very excited sit- sitting on this news <laughs> all year. So almost. excited, yeah. so excited. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, maybe even longer than that. I yeah. think it might even be like sort of eighteen months when we signed the signed the the deal. Yeah, signed our lives away. <laughs> to work on this book but it's been a really fantastic really fantastic process um and we're going to talk about that in this in this special podcast we're doing because we've got um our commissioning editor celine hughes has come on Mm. and we're talking to her about you know what made them um she's commissioning editor for quadrille yep publishing who are the lovely publishers putting out this book and yeah we talked to her about you know the process the the collaborative sort of nature of of non-fiction and working on this particular title and we talk about um why they wanted to publish the book what excited them about it and then you know we talk about our favorite blank moments as well because obviously celine has had to go through and listen to a lot of the back catalogue and you know you and i have been going through the back catalogue of of uh, podcasts and episodes and picking out our favorite bits and and but it's not just you know this isn't just a book that's like kind of transcribed sections of the podcast this is very much um a book by you know with our words and our takes and thoughts on the various themes that come up in the podcast you know things like imposter syndrome public failure social anxiety education mentoring sleep deprivation grief all these things that come up that our guests Blank moments is that, you know, it's us talking about those and our own feelings on that. And then, you know, bits of, um, you know, paraphrased kind of sections of, of what people have said and talked to us about their own, you know, the, our guests' own um, takes on those things as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of a bit of everything. There's a bit of sort of self-help in there. There's anecdotal stuff. Uh, there's obviously advice from the people on the podcast. There's um, bits where you can do your own takeaways gratitude lists that kind of thing advice on sleep it's 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 got sort of a bit of everything because i think this podcast mm. covers so many subjects as well and we discovered that really by going back through these episodes and writing this book i think you know i certainly discovered so much more, more about this pod and what it means to me and the things i can take away from it and what our guests uh, give us each episode um that was actually a bit of a sort of discovery really and and you know people will, will see that in the book we have a bit of a sort of a journey ourselves writing it but also in terms of what we've learned from the podcast as well it's been it's been a real proper journey the two of us have gone on and um, I think that is sort of wrapped up in the book um, and really there's a bit there's a bit for everyone 
really in the book. Yeah. Um, and there's only 60 episodes, you know, we've done, there's been about 30 episodes since. So who knows? Yeah. We could do a follow-up maybe. By the time the book yeah. comes out, there'll be another 60 episodes. <laughs> um, um, there's just so much, you know, there's just so much richness in all, in, from all these guests and they all give us something different. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of the pod. And I think that's the beauty of the book as well, because we've then gone into what does that mean for us? And, you know, how, how did we translate what this person said and what do we take away from it? Because I hope that our listeners are able to do that from each episode and from this book as well. And as Celine says, and we, you know, talk to Celine in a bit, having it written down almost is a different translation to what people say in, in the pod. And you can really investigate and dissect what these things mean to you. And I think that I certainly found that right in the book and I hope I'll, the readers will get that as well from it. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's so funny when we started this podcast, I was excited to work, work with you and meet famous people. Uh, and it's been so much more than that, mm. this journey. And I think the book encapsulates that as well. So um, I'm really, really excited to share it with, uh, with our listeners. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait for people to pick it up. And what I like about the book is that it's, um, it's not just a companion to the podcast, you know, it's, it's its own thing. And that's, what's really exciting about it is that you, you don't have to have listened to any of the bank podcast to get stuff out of it. I think because it's like we said, it's got kind of memoir. It's a bit memoir it's a bit self-help, yeah. you know, there's all these different elements within there. Um, so yeah, whether you're a fan of the podcast or, you know, you've got friends or family that you think might benefit from, a book, you know, about all these different subjects um, where they, you know, they face their own difficult moments. Then um, I think people will really get a lot out of the book. So that's really exciting that it's a thing on its own. It's not just, you know, and if you are a fan of the podcast, then it's, you know, double bubble. A double bubble, indeed. Well, uh, the, just to reiterate, the book is called Blank, Why It's Fine to Falter and Fail and How to Pick Yourself Up Again. It is available now to pre-order uh, from various places. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Celine did mention this. Hove. No, sorry, Hove. Hive. Uh, hive. Hive.co.uk, yeah. which is um, helps support independent bookshops. And that would so be a good a really place to great go. one to cover. Um, I'm a big fan of Big Green Bookshops on Twitter. It, at, at Big Green Bookshops, he's an independent trader, book um, trader. He's fantastic. So mm. I always recommend people go to him. Waterstones um, but, online. But there's Waterstones, yeah. Um, and obviously um, the big yeah. boys. There are the big boys as well. I mean, to be honest, you know, everyone's in different situations. Wherever you can get it or normally get it, go for it. Yeah. If you are able to support the independent places that sell it, that would be amazing. But, you know as long as you get it as you buy it we'll be really happy yeah. and we hope that you enjoy it as well so um yeah so yeah and it'll be out 18th of march 2021 2021 a year and I'm we sure hope we'll be, do- be better than 2020 yeah, let's hope yeah um we'll be do- i'm sure we'll be doing lots of events and stuff around it then yes um, yes whether- we are working on some marketing now so we're planning to do some yeah. live stuff and uh, so maybe yeah whether that's sort of virtually live or, yeah. or we manage to get out in the real world again we will let you know and keep you posted. Indeed, yeah, because it'd, be, it'd be lovely if we can do live stuff to meet some of our listeners um, whilst while selling the book. And, and yeah, mm. you know, we love connecting with our listeners anyway, but if we get to do it face-to-face, that'd be, uh, that'd be lovely, especially as uh, 
we've not really seen people for the last seven months anyway so just be nice to see other people wouldn't it <laughs> in, a, in a real life yeah, setting it's always nice to see other people yeah <laughs> well look, anyway let's shall we um crack on with our guest it's celine mm. hughes from quadrille our commissioning editor such a lovely person and she talks here about why they commissioned the book and also goes on to talk about uh some of the sort of background work with publishing and, and commissioning and a bit of advice for anyone out there that's maybe looking to publish a book so this is a really interesting uh different from what we normally do episode uh, but there's lots of really great stuff on this so uh this is celine hughes from quadrill on the black podcast <laughs> Well, how are you, Celine? I mean, this is kind of like we, I was just saying before you came on air, um, this is kind of you looking behind the scenes to some extent. Yeah. And the, the preamble is generally a bit like this, particularly since we've been working from home. It's kind of like, oh, have you, have you pressed record? Are you, are you, oh, is the microphone working? I'm just going to change the mic lead. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's become yeah. that way. Yeah. How has working from home been for you? Um, I have actually really enjoyed it. Um, which surprised me a little bit. I, there are certain key things I really miss. I miss uh, the social interaction with my colleagues mm. a lot. I don't feel like I have as much of an idea of what we're all doing, just small things, you know. We used to turn around all the time to each other and sort of overhear each other's conversations on the phone and, uh, you know, what author's done what or what book has come in or exchange ideas all the time. And now it feels much more stilted mm. to message somebody and go what have you been up to this morning <laughs> or, you know. um, so I've really really missed that but actually just being at home um, I'm lucky I have a, a kind of dedicated desk area I'm not in a small flat yeah. trying to work with somebody else from home my partner's going into his own office annoyingly for him um, but I've actually quite enjoyed it having said that it has now been seven months since I've been in the office and I don't know if it's doing untold damage to my mental health um, to <laughs> be sitting at the same desk, not seeing any other humans. Yeah. I think I'm only genuinely only going to realise how it's been after I come out of it. Mm. Um, but at the moment, I feel OK, bar missing my colleagues. But I do wonder if when I go back to the office, it'll all be it'll all just sort of unravel a bit. I don't know. I think there'll, um, there'll be like a week or two. Where everyone's in utopia and they're just like, oh, seeing their, seeing their colleagues, giving them hugs. Oh, how's your week? Genuinely interested in your weekend. You did what on the weekend? Oh, amazing. Let's chat by the water cooler. And then like a few weeks later, I'm like, oh, I've forgotten how much I hate this guy. <laughs> oh, I hate being here. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think people will appreciate being, I think with other people, I definitely miss interacting with definitely. people massively. It's, it, yeah. This is great over Zoom. We get to see each other and chat, but it's not, it's not quite the same. Yeah, no. Well, I was thinking also, like, what people don't... I mean, we should say that the reason you're, you're on here today is because we're talking about um, a new project that we've got coming out. But as a publisher, it's a, such a collaborative business. Yes. And I think people sometimes don't realise those aspects of it. Obviously, you're a commissioning editor. How does your role work? And, you know, and, and also, yeah, if you can sort of touch on that collaborative sort of aspect of, of uh, publishing. Yeah, sure. So... As a commissioning editor, I'm looking for um, new books to publish, and that might be um, 
that an agent sends me a proposal for a book, or it might be that I've come up with an idea, um, I've seen something, a trend, if you like, or an idea that I think um, has a space in the publishing world, um, and I might find an author, try and find an author for that idea. Um, so it could come about in, in a couple of different ways. Um, and personally speaking, for my for my own commissioning, what I'm always looking for is integrity and or originality. Uh, if I'm lucky, I get both, which I which I think we've got this time. So I'm with your book. So that was why one of the Amazing. many reasons why I wanted to publish it. Uh, integrity and originality. Um, and yeah, so I guess the way that it works and the reason it's so collaborative is that um, I will work with an author or authors like you guys and um, we quite often shape the book together and you've got an idea of what you want to put into it and maybe loosely what shape it, you want it to take and what you want to say and what the message should be and I might help you um, figure out exactly who the market is, how you want to frame things, um, how you might want to structure it so I know that we all talked about a kind of narrative arc at the beginning of this process in the olden days when we actually met in person <laughs> yeah. in the office, <laughs> yeah. which seems like a lifetime yeah, ago yeah. now. It does, it does. <laughs> um, and we might, you know, we might talk about that. And then, as you know, the process of writing is um, long and probably quite challenging. And um, you might come to a point when you think, oh, my God, I don't know how to say what I want to say or I don't know what else to say. And that's when hopefully I can step in and help um, bring a different perspective or you know a fresh pair of eyes um and then there's all the the really fun stuff like the cover and um stuff like that and and because this is narrative non-fiction and this it's not illustrated we we don't have the extra fun of pictures of any sort but that's another part of my job because at quadrille where i work and um where we're publishing your book um, we do a lot of illustrated non-fiction, so cookery books and craft books and gift books, and there's a lot of emphasis on um, photographs and illustrations and kind of drawing people into books that way. Um, yeah, that's, that's... Yeah, I was going to say, actually, it's interesting, like, you're talking there, like, thinking about... Um, obviously, come from a fiction writing background. I've obviously written, mainly written children's books and, and, and adult fiction going to an, uh, a non-fiction, which is the first thing I've ever done, it's the first time I've ever worked on a non-fiction book, and actually thinking about, like, how I would approach going to write a, a fiction book, I would probably write, maybe write the whole thing, mm. or at least a bulk of it, and then take that to a publisher, or my agent would take it and say, we've got this piece of work. Whereas, obviously, we came to you and pitched an idea, you know, as opposed to like a finished piece of work, it was just a, a you know a, a generic idea of 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 this thing, you know, around what the podcast is about. But then, obviously, expanding on that on some of the themes and things like that, and how you know you obviously came back with your own ideas and stuff, and that that collaborative kind of con, you know, uh, actually sort of developing the concept and the ideas was um, much more collaborative, as opposed to us just going away and writing a book and then giving it to you to sort of yeah. edit and try and, you know, it's, it was, it was, in, it's been so interesting moving into a number. And, and does you, do you find that quite a lot with, with the sort of pictures you get and the, and the work you get, do you get more kind of ideas and concepts pitched as opposed to sort of finished manuscripts? Um, yes. Well, so I publish a lot of cookery, so <laughs> mm. yes. 
Um, but there might people might have written maybe a couple of sample chapters if we're if we're going back to talking about nonfiction um, sort of narrative yeah. text. Yeah, they might have written a couple of sample chapters and then broadly know what they want to include in the book, and the proposal sort of sets out. Um, the kind of framework for the book, um, but but because as you say, because it's so collaborative, things develop and evolve all the time during writing the manuscript. And you know what I liked about what you guys came back with was that there were some um, topics which I hadn't even thought you might cover, like um, education and mentoring and um, academia generally, I suppose. Um, and I think that that's that's a, a personal failing of mine is because I loved school and did okay at it. That it wouldn't occur to me to talk about blank moments at school. That's not to say that I didn't have some bumpy bits to it. But um, I, when you came back with that chapter, I was like, oh yeah, I, I guess that is for a lot of people. Uh, in fact, a lot of their adult blank moments come from things that they have yeah. experienced at school, of course, or a lack of mentor or a really significant mentor. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that as an editor I enjoy most is is being surprised and challenged by what authors come up with. Well, we did, Charles, we definitely let the sort of the guests lead that, didn't we? Because that was a subject that kept coming up on the podcast. People talking about their education and, and mentoring. And I think with most mm. of the chapters, it was you know, led by what people talked about and themes that just kept reoccurring on the podcast. And we realised mm. that pe- so many people from different industries and different backgrounds kept having these similar themes and similar problems. And in a way, the book then just sort of came together from that because people kept talking about these things that we, Giles and I, then wanted to really delve into in ourselves. I, I found it a really, really fascinating process. It feels really nice for you to say authors like you guys at the start of this as well, because I never ever consider myself an author. So it's really nice to to be to but be one. Are. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, yeah. it's a really you know huge achievement. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, it's been a weird sort of year of firsts for me this year. First authorship, first author, first serious acting role last year, week in a short film. It's only ten seconds and non-speaking, but it still, it still counts. Uh, apparently um first baby um first pandemic i mean it's been a, a year of yeah <laughs> yeah so i think we've all had that first, first. um <laughs> big year, <laughs> big year. <laughs> but i did i found the i found the writing process challenging at times very challenging um interesting really made me look at myself in many different ways i hadn't sort of done before so yeah, and people will see that in the way we go into these chapters in the books. A lot of it for Charles and I is really sort of digging into how we feel about mm. these chapters. And, and it's, I mean, it's almost like therapy at times, to be honest, really, you know, sitting down and challenging ourselves on, on these things. But the collaborative aspect, as you were saying, um, was really interesting. And this whole podcast is built on collaborative projects and me and Giles mm. collaborating together, collaborating with our guest and collaborating with you, Celine, on this has been really really enjoyable especially in those moments blank moments if you will where there were challenges writing the book and being able to i think we had a couple of zoom calls or skype calls or emails back and forth being able to discuss that really helped for me develop those parts of the book and i think maybe as someone that had never written a book before i didn't appreciate just how much of a collaborative effort, effort that could be i think i thought it was go away write your book come back to me when you got something but actually it was way more sort yeah. of formative than that. And um, yeah, I found that surprising and, and actually really quite enjoyable. 
Oh, good. Well, it's funny because it makes me think that in what you've written in the book and in the writing of the book, we kind of come full circle because one of the things I keep thinking about in relation to your podcast and the book is how important it is to talk. Yeah. Talk, talk, talk all the time to people and share. And the, the more you talk and the more you hear about other people's experiences or points of view even, the less alone you feel and the less blank, actually. And mm. um, so it's funny that you that that is the content of the book, but also in the process of writing it, it has been helpful to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's quite nice and a quite nice illustration of how difficult, how important it is, sorry, um, to connect with people. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, that's one of the some of the subjects that have come up in um in your with your guests um and one of the reasons one of the many reasons I also wanted to publish this book because and I don't want to sound sort of simplistic about this but effectively it's two men talking about their feelings and and about communication and I feel like there needs to be more of that because yeah. there still is a little bit of a reticence uh with men talking about you know emotional issues or mental issue mental health issues and um i do think that this book just by virtue of the fact that it's written by two guys and you have a lot of male guests on but to be fair you have female guests as well and um i think just by virtue of it being two men talking to other people about what's going on in their life what difficulties they've faced how they've overcome them and why it's okay to talk about it is really mm. significant. Um, and I thought, yeah, I, that was one of the other reasons I thought this was so important to publish. That's great. And 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 that comes up again a lot on the podcast, Charles, doesn't it? I mean, we, we do joke sometimes on the pod, it is like sort of free therapy. But I think nearly every episode, we get to the end of it, and you, me, and our guest always feel better, don't we? Just for having had this mm. hour, hour and a half chat. And it, it's so true that... You know, some, t- some days we do the pod and I'm really ready for it. Some days I'm a, I'm a bit overloaded or overwhelmed with stuff. And I sit down and think, oh, oh, I've got time for the pod today. But I always feel better at the end of it. And as Celine mm. says, it's just from talking. Even if even if we let, we, yeah. when we try and let our guests talk more than anyone on the pod, but you and I still interject. And if feelings come up during the pod, we'll, we'll make them known that that's made me feel this kind of way. And I just think, yeah, I really think there is no substitute for talking. And I, and I hope our, our book and our podcast is an example of that. Yeah, but also that it's it's talking and hearing from people who you assume as an outsider are just they were just inherently successful. Yeah. You know, they were just sort of born yeah. this way to have a high profile, to be high achievers, and just to know that they go through blank moments and um, challenges and really very disruptive moments in their lives is. Uh, bad for them but very comforting for the rest mm. of us um because we're not all we're not all just sort of born tv presenters or yeah successful journalists or whatever and everybody has to overcome something at some stage in their life um and i was listening to um the jake humphrey um podcast um recently and um that really that notion of sort of having to overcome things and not knowing what's going on behind closed doors and in people's heads and in their private lives um, is so 
crucial to remind yourself of because um, you know you compare yourself to people in the media and you think oh my god how do they do it and how are they to sew together but they're they're not necessarily um, they're just trying to do a job like the rest of us Um, and I think it's quite empowering to remind yourself of that I mean yeah I mean to a certain extent the the podcast was sort of born out of that desire to find out if if it wasn't just us (laughs) yeah Mm. You know, because <clears throat> Jim, when we obviously first sort of started toying with the idea of this podcast, the idea that um, I was going through kind of a problem with writing, I was having like, you know, writer's block. We, I know some people say there's no such thing, but, you know, I've, I've experienced it, so I'm sure there is. And Jim obviously was having sort of like trepidation about getting back and mm-hmm. performing. And I guess that's how it started was this kind of like we were both in these kind of cre- the creative doldrums slightly mm. and sort of wanting to seek out kind of i don't know find comrades maybe or to sort of hear from other people if they were having some things or just actually just to sort of get some advice mm. and i guess as we kind of started recording it was very early on that i i thought wow there's there's so much in this um within the first sort of 10 minutes of recording with our first guest i think thought thinking actually <laughs> shit there's there's like we could go all over the place yeah. with this thing, and we have um, done. because with and we have done, and 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 the, the you know the the actual kind of premise of the podcast has sort of evolved as well as you know the various things that have come up on it have evolved, and you know we're forever being surprised at what someone's blank moment might be. Mm. You know, it, it's covered so many different things now, um, and that's what's always exciting. Actually, sitting down every week um, and hearing, you know, what that person's particular thing is and how, how they get through it or, or and if they're not getting through it, how, they, how they're sort of proposing to get through it. So, yeah, it's been lovely. And I think also sort of going back to those first moments, it was, I, I felt um, early on as well that, that it would translate well into, into a book of some sort. I really, I really had a sort of strong desire from, from early doors that there might be something in this and, um, so yeah, so it was it was great to be able to connect with you and and um, I love what Quadril do anyway. I think you've got a wonderful books, so it's very exciting <laughs> it to is. be working with you on it. Great, <laughs> it's very exciting for us too, um, because it's a it's a little bit different for us, and we have you know we have other non illustrated narrative books like we've we've just published um, Ovi Soko's book You Are Dope, um, which is I don't know it's you know there's some synchronicity there with with what you're doing a little bit because he wants to um reach out especially to young people about letting positive energy into their lives and and i guess in a roundabout way that's what you guys are doing with this book is is saying look blank blankness doesn't have to be a negative Mm. thing um so yeah we're you know it's it is an exciting addition to our publishing list for next year and um and i'm pleased with the cover i think it sort of draws draws you in um and uh there's it's packed it's packed full of <laughs> <It> insight <is. laughs> um and one of the one of the elements i like about it um that really uh, one of the things that touched me most i think with the podcast with the episodes i've listened to are uh, marcus brigstocks and um his um revelation that he writes a gratitude yeah. list every morning and i don't know why that surprised me so much but 
it did for some reason. I suppose it's this thing we were just talking about where you see somebody on TV and you wrongly make assumptions about mm. them. And uh, I suppose there's this thing with comedians in there that everybody thinks they must be hilarious all the time and totally mm. um, together. And, it's normally uh, the exact opposite. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, and a bundle of happiness. Being a uh, comedian <laughs> yourself. <laughs> um, but the gratitude list was, was really... Um, a fascinating concept for me because I've I've know I've known about them and I've I guess thought it was very spiritual people who wrote gratitude lists or um people who were very in touch with yeah, I suppose spiritual people is yeah. one way of putting it. And and then to hear that Marcus Brickstock does it without fail every morning and has done for I can't remember how many years. I think it's over 20 years because I think it's part of I mean going back to the that episode I think it was part of his yeah, drug addiction recovery, yeah. recovery. Yeah. so yeah so it's something that he's really kept hold of because you know it just helps you know, it's part of his recovery and you know I guess as, a, as an addict he is always in recovery yeah yeah I found that really fascinating um and of course I said I would do it myself but I haven't yet <laughs> same, same. Uh, well I'm... we actually we as a family and I've said about this on the podcast in the last few weeks have, have started doing it and uh, in the evening when we're eating dinner together we say one good thing one bad thing and one That's thing great. we're grateful for, for and actually it's 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 amazing actually and for the kids it's a really good outlet as well and yeah. just to know what's going on for them um but for all of us I mean yeah I find it really really helpful just to like we were saying before, to talk mm. and to communicate when, you know, things aren't going well, you know, mm. if you're having a bad day, to be able to sort of sit around and actually explain what's causing you to have a bad day and how it makes you feel. And then, you know, to then sort of put a more positive spin on it and talk about something that you're really grateful for. Yeah. Um, it's really empowering. It's really... Uh, I, w- I suggest you both get on it very soon. <laughs> well, we do it. We, we, Miranda and I do it. We don't write it, but we do it intermittently. We're not very consistent, but late at night, if we're both haven't gone to sleep, we'll lie in bed and say, what are you grateful for today? And we don't do yeah. it all the time. But when we do do it, it's just, it always feels better. And I think that idea that like uh, gratitude lists is only something spiritual people do, I think I kind of thought that about... A lot of things in that realm, gratitude lists, mindfulness, that kind of thing. I always kind of thought, oh, it's it, yeah, good idea, but not something for me. But actually, they're all incredibly accessible and doable and done by many people who you might think wouldn't be into that kind of thing. Um, mm. And I think that's something I've learned through the podcast as well. There are loads of people like me, creative people, who do have these things that they do to put their mind at rest or reset themselves a little bit or start the day. Um, and actually, they really are very doable. Um so, yeah, but again, it comes back to that relatability thing. You know, all these people we've spoken to, you know, and many of them are huge, huge names and huge stars, are so much more like us and like me and like me and my friends. And, you know, I, I sort of I quite often think about that quote from, from Joe Cox, who said, we're all, there's more that unites us and divides us. Or there's more, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. I got that slightly wrong, but you know, we are more similar than the things that divide us. And, I, and that is just such yeah. a theme that, that comes out in the podcast for me every single episode. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really reassuring. You know, we're all parts of the same human race and we are here on this planet. Wow, I'm getting really big, aren't I? Um, here on this planet together, aren't we? And so we might, you know, and we are more similar. So we might as well find our ways to connect to each other and make our lives 
you know, happier as a result. So, yeah, it's just this whole, I've really rambled there. Um, the whole process of the pod and doing the book has just been such an enlightening experience for me. Enjoyable, challenging, but really eye-opening at the same time. Um, in what's, it's almost like we timed this book perfectly because what's been a very challenging year for so many people, now is the time. Yes. Mm. to be practicing mindfulness or even just to be thinking about it or thinking about the things that you relate you to other people maybe the people you haven't seen for seven months you know now is the time really to be exploring those themes and mm. so yeah well done team i think we've timed this absolutely perfectly <laughs> <laughs> well done <laughs> But what is nice, though, you were saying about that, bringing, actually um, talking about that gratitude list, I think that's nice that um, the book has got elements of practicalities for people as well. You know, yeah. I think there are lots of takeaways in the book. You know, hopefully lots of things people will be able to sort of look at them and reflect on their own situations. But I think that sort of some practical measures that people mm. can put in place, you know, um, there's, there's obviously some tips on getting to sleep. Um, and then, you know, we've, we're talking about doing some some blankfulness um mm. stuff in there as well so i think those things you know some practical things that people can take away is i think that's nice when books have those elements to them mm. as well so it's yeah i'm really pleased that we've got those those things in there yeah um and um i was thinking about some of the things that i've picked up on you know this sort of tangible pieces of advice as well from the book and um it's quite simple really but when reginald d hunter says that if when he has in terms of creativity when he has these blank moments and nothing's flowing and he's sort of he's just like just find what works for you you know do you crave quiet or do you crave a certain kind of music that's going to lift you up or something find it put that music on or just stop what you're doing if it's just not working and um, think about whether the blankness might be coming from somewhere else in your life because the chances are it's not just that you're having a mental block about this sentence it is because something else is going on and you're just probably trying to ignore yeah. it um mm. so that that's a kind of more profound point but just just find what works for you is such a simple idea but you know sometimes it is as simple as you know move to a different room mm. go outside for 10 minutes and look at the sunshine come back in bake yourself a peanut butter and jam <laughs> sandwich or something and then sit back down again and think okay i i've I've just come out of myself for a few minutes and I'm coming back in and I already feel a little bit more like I'm ready for this. And sometimes it's just really small things like that. Yeah. Um, and also not just not being too hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, because these moments just, they're part of life. That uh, that sounds trite, but they are. You don't mm. know what they're going to lead to and you can't possibly be productive and fruitful and successful all the time every day you can't yeah um, no and i would argue you know I'd, i would caveat that by saying yeah like we um this podcast and the book and everything surrounding it wouldn't have come out would it came out of a blank moment <laughs> yeah. so yeah. you know there was you know for me and for jim so i think yeah certainly like i think sometimes you can look back and you can think well actually those those moments were very positive actually mm. because i was able to reset find channel my energies in something else and good things come think, out of that. and i think mm. as well you know not being too hard on yourself is 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 really good advice and also and again i this might sound a bit 
simplistic and I don't mean it to, but if you're sitting down now listening to this podcast or you're having a break from doing some writing, whether you're trying to write a book or trying to write a, a show or something, you're doing great. Even if you're sitting down trying to write it now, you are doing amazing. And I, and I, mm. I know that sounds a bit like I'm talking to a child and I don't mean it, I don't mean it to, but I genuinely mean... I mean, you are doing great. If you're even if you're thinking about doing something creative, you're already a hundred steps further down the line than you think you are. So, really yeah. give yourself. If we do, Charles, if we ever do like a podcast blank podcast bingo, give yourself the win. Would be my. <laughs> we should. Oh, can we do that, please? Because I really. <laughs> we did it for FIP. Blank bingo. Um, but it's true. Give yourself the win. Even even if you sit down one day and you're thinking about writing a show, and you just think of the title. And that's all you do that day. Great. Give yourself that win. You're going to come down tomorrow and you're going to write the first minute of whatever. Re- I just, you know, when you said that, Celine, don't be too hard on yourself. It really, it really does come up a lot. And it is something that I really try, not always successfully, but try and subscribe to as well, because we're, we're all doing great. We're all doing amazing just yeah. by doing the things we're doing. And, you know, I just think we need to, again, with this year, we need to really be kind to ourselves. Um, mm. And it can... If you be kind to yourself one little bit one day, you know, then who knows what you can be the next day and the next day. And I think it can snowball and you, you don't know where you can get to, really. So, yeah, you know, we talk about kindness to others, but I think kindness to self is also just important. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, there you go. Something yeah. to think about. Yeah, yeah. lovely. Um, Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Killed the conversation. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the book um obviously it's out in march yes it is and yeah it's got a beautiful cover actually i'm really really chuffed with the cover i think yeah. it's amazing it's a great cover um yeah it's a great cover um from from quadril's point of view obviously you've alluded to a bit about how why you decided to to publish the book mm. um Tell us a bit about Quadrille. What? How long's Quadrille? How long have you been working at Quadrille? Um, I've been there seven years, um, and Quadrille has been going for um, I think it's about twenty-four years. Um, we are still independent. Um, we have a parent company that is called Hardy Grant, and they are based in Melbourne. And um, so there is a publishing. Um, they publish and generate their own books over in Melbourne that we distribute over here. Mm-hmm. But they also have a little London, Hardy Grant London team that's in the same building as us, and they have their own publishing list. And then there's Quadrille. Um, and so Quadrille publishes, as I mentioned, we, we specialise in illustrated nonfiction. Um, and, um, but in the last uh, three or four years... We have um, kind of slightly broadened our areas of publishing so that we do more narrative nonfiction of the kind that blank is. And so we're always looking for um, uh, new ideas and proposals in that area. And of course, podcasts lend themselves brilliantly Mm. to that. And there are so many more podcasts um, all the time and people are getting especially in 2020 when they've been spending more time at home Mm. podcasts have really boomed Mm. and um and i totally see why and there's so much material in there for a book and you know you can listen to 
many episodes of a podcast and get certain things from it. But then when somebody has put it down in a book, as you will know, and filtered and sorted and curated and tidied lots of different topics into something that works on on a printed page, um, then you've got something entirely different that you can get get from the experience of the podcast. Um, so I feel like they they go hand in hand really well, the kind of listening and then the reading. Um, so yeah, so apart from that, and um, funnily enough, most of what I publish personally is, is cookery books, so this is quite different for me, but um, <laughs> it's really nice and, and it's nice to have some variety like that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're a relatively small um, publisher, so um, it feels like um, kind of bijou publishing, if you like, in the sense mm. that, as as you will find out even more in the next few months in the lead up to publishing the book, um, you will liaise with and speak to the same small team of people. There's not... I think that's what I love about it, is that yeah. we're all everybody who works in the company is very invested in every single book that we publish because there aren't so many that it becomes mm. a machine, you know, mm. we, um, you'll speak to the same people. We know exactly what's going on um, and which books are coming out and what they're about and who the authors are. And they'll be on the phone to you or emailing you. Um, and it feels like um, it matters. Yeah. Every book yeah. matters and everyone is different. Um, so mm. there isn't a, a sort of quadrille, there's a quadrille identity, but there isn't a quadrille template. Mm. Um, so your book will be completely different from any other book that we've published. And the same goes for all our cookery books. Um, and and I think that's what makes my job fun, too, is that every day and every author and every book is different. Um, and we're reaching, we're always trying to reach more and more people um, and thinking, questioning how we market and promote books and how can we reach a bigger audience. Um, and how can we get people who didn't know they needed this book to pick mm. it up? That's the fun part too. Well, we, I've I've definitely um, felt part of part of a team during this, and definitely I can imagine that if you, yeah, you might be some publishers where you, you you're sort of an afterthought, but I think actually <laughs> Charles is nodding. Um, but um, we've definitely felt oh. part of a team, and um, and I think, and again, you know, my experience as well is is obviously very limited slash zero but i feel like quadra were exactly the right fit for us exactly the right team and, and we've just sort of you know from the off it's been a really easy friendly collaboration um so that's right. been from my point of view really really nice i'm just i'm just wondering if there are people sort of listening and they are working on a book or thinking about writing a book or that's their kind of world have you got any advice for them on I guess if they're having maybe blank moments writing it or anything from a publisher point of view as to what would, or if they're trying to pitch or something, any sort of advice for anyone that's trying okay. to do that. Um, ooh, that's Sorry. Yeah, I, just, um. I was just, as you were talking, I just suddenly thought, oh, that yeah, might be quite nice for people listening, so, going for those moments. Yeah. I mean, I think um, there are some things I can say, um, sort of generally speaking. So when you're, especially if we're talking about nonfiction, I, I'm, I'm not qualified to talk about fiction other than what I enjoy reading myself, but I don't commission any. Um, for nonfiction, I think you have to think about why this book is different from something that's already mm. out there. So what's the USP, basically? And that can be, that can take very, very many different forms. That can be 
I think I can reach a different market or I have a different audience in mind for my book or it's a well-trodden path in terms of the subject but I the way that I am writing about it or my voice is different or the way I want to present it is different um and and definitely just look around what else is being published are there things that inspire you can you identify with uh, different authors I don't know publicity campaign or their cover design or something I think that the the bigger picture you have of what you're publishing or you want to publish into the better informed you will be and the better the chance your book has um so and then I don't know I mean also just generally speaking social media I mean that's that's how Giles and I got in touch um and you know I'm fairly new to Twitter in the grand scheme of things and I'm still finding my way but I discover lots of people potential authors subjects trends conversations through social media and that is one of the biggest positives I have to say about it which is that it it connects people um in a way that we couldn't even imagine 10 years ago um so yeah even if you are skeptical about social media or you don't want to tweet or anything like that just be on it and read mm, things that oh i could i mean the podcast exactly. wouldn't have happened without twitter we would never get any of the guests without yeah. twitter we'd, we certainly wouldn't have connected with you without twitter so i um yeah i am you know as much as it can be very dark at times mm. it there's an awful lot of light on there as well and yeah i think you you're I totally wholeheartedly agree this, you know, making connections with people, you just don't know what's going to come of it. You know, I think whether it's a good conversation or, you know, or, you know, an act of kindness or you're, you know, you're helping your career or whatever it might be, Mm. uh, you know, I think it's really important. Actually, it's Mm. an important bit that we, yeah, we sort of frown upon it too much these Mm. days because, because of the more difficult elements of it. But Mm. I think, you know, I, I have very, very many positive experiences so yeah i technically that's i mean that's really we talk a lot about social media on this podcast and it is i would say 90 percent negative to be honest when we're talking about it and the negative Mm -hmm. impacts it can have on on people and their mental health and as someone who is wrestling with the idea of not being as much on social media at the moment certainly twitter um that's Mm -hmm. really actually interesting to hear that the positivity uh that that it can Mm -hmm. have and I know, obviously, for the podcast, it's been incredibly positive. But um, I think with all these things, you have to have a balance between the way you use things and, and the way you let it influence your lives. So I am I'm still negotiating my way through that path as how I keep Twitter in my life without it. I think I'm a bit addicted to it. So, again, without, you know, it overtaking my life too much. But that's really mm. interesting to hear. I mean, I think... Sorry, Jim, I was going to say, I think for, for our guests, obviously, a lot of them are very high profile. So I guess you get there is a trade-off... Yeah. There shouldn't be, but I think sometimes there is. Unfortunately, the more people you have connected to you or following you, yeah. the more likely you are to get um, the noisier, sort of slightly more negative mm. um, aspects of it. So I think probably that is unfortunately part and parcel of. But of like Celine says, life, you can be on of, there. Of, yeah, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's no, acceptable. Also, what you're saying is I've basically got no followers, yeah. so that's 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 why I've got no. no. <laughs> it's interesting what Celine's saying about you can be on it and you not even post. You can just have an account and and watch stuff, mm. and that's actually yeah. that might be a way actually to reduce the kind of negativity, mm. and you can just pick and choose what you follow and and, yeah. and sort of 
see what's out there without having to interact um so that's interesting i've not really thought about that before i think i've always thought with twitter well i'm on it now so i better tweet stuff but you don't have to (laughs) but no but it's funny isn't it because i because like like if i if we've been trying to pitch these this kind of project in the old days i would have had to come you know would have tried to find an email address or my agent would have sort of done it and then it would be weeks and weeks i could message Celine directly mm. on Twitter say, "Oh, got this book idea. Would you like to look at it?" And then we're straight into a conversation about it. And um, yeah, so you know, I'm very thankful. Me too. <laughs> I am also very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just wanted to ask you a couple more things. Actually, one of them was um, when you we talked about off air. We talked about acquisitions meetings. Mm. Now, for people who don't know what they are obviously listeners don't know it's obviously but when obviously you've got being sent ideas or yeah. there's like you say there's there's ideas you might have yourself about particularly and you go you meet up with your is it just the the editorial team or do you meet up with the sales team as well at this point no so we have um weekly and this as i said before this is um particular to quadrille and every publisher works differently but at quadrille mm. we have a weekly editorial team in which we bounce around new ideas um self-generated ideas or proposals that have come in um we discuss them and uh we see potential in them whether they can be changed or tweaked and then out of that comes the um sort of idea that we definitely want to take forward and that's what we when we take it to an acquisitions meeting so we are confident that it is well formed enough it has got an audience um that we are aware of what the competition is you know we've got all these things sorted we take that to an acquisitions meeting which is once a fortnight and that is um basically the head of nearly every department in the company Mm. and uh the editor presents the idea and then we have a discussion about it and um how it fits on the list our publishing list how it fits in publishing and in the marketplace generally um Again, what the USP is, can it be summed up? It's that elevator pitch. Can it be summed up in one sentence, one short sentence, Um, which is not that easy uh, quite a lot of the time. And you might feel really strongly about a proposal, but you still can't necessarily do it justice in one sentence. And it's frustrating because... You think, well, I don't want to lose this because I can't express it in, in, in seven <laughs> words. Like, it still deserves to be published. So, you know, there's some pretty interesting conversations that happen in those meetings. And then um, if it's given the green light, as it were, then we would make an offer and take it from there. So I, well, my next question is, what? how was that with this book? I mean, how did that go? And what was that <laughs> sentence? Oh. Can you remember? No. <laughs> no, but I get. I guess the sentence is the subtitle of the book. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it was was that. Yeah, which is effectively, if I remember correctly, why it's fine to um, fail and falter, fail and falter. falter, and how to pick yourself up again. I mean that that is the book in a yeah. nutshell. I think, mm. um, and and I think I talked about the fact that it was two men hosting a podcast, and the fact that you have such a stellar. Um, list of guests on I mean truly exceptional and from such a wide range of industries and um, fields if you like Um, there's that and the fact that it is just a book about the human condition and um, but in a very accessible way and what's not to enjoy about that you know Um, kind of want to make it 
uh, undaunting and encouraging for people to read about challenges mm. and to relate to them and to feel like there's a way to get out of them and over them. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Awesome. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you was, um, obviously, we, Jim and I, doing the book, trawled through 60-plus episodes at the time. I mean, there's obviously more now. Um, and sort of, it was really nice, actually, to go back and listen mm. to the back catalogue mm. and listen to the forgotten conversations, you know, which is really nice because... You know, in real life, you have conversations with people, you just totally forget the sort of those moments in them. But it's really nice to be able to go back to these recorded, you know, mess, you know, uh, conversations and hear back what we actually talked about. And I was just wondered if you, I'm going to ask you this as well, Jim, if you've got a favourite mm. blank moment, moment or one that particularly stands out of to you of thinking, you know, as a takeaway, perhaps. Ooh. Oh. You have a thing, Jim. I'll, uh, <laughs> you've, you've definitely got a bit more material to sift through in your brain. That's the problem. Um, That's uh, the issue. <laughs> I. It's funny. I didn't. I didn't expect you to ask me that. I thought you were going to ask me who my favourite uh, guest was. <laughs> well, you can you can answer that. <laughs> and, um, and I was going to say Susie Dent um, for lots of reasons. Oh. Um, oh, were you going to say something, Giles? No, no, um, no. You get. Because, why was yeah? Why was Susie your favourite then? Well, I I suppose because I've always I've admired her for a long time, and um, she, you know, essentially she's a wordsmith, if you like, and and I very tritely love words, and um, I'm fascinated by them, and that's one of the reasons I'm an editor, and um, I love discovering new words, and Susie just seems to be a font of knowledge, but. Even that was interesting in her um, episode because she says people expect her to be a font of knowledge. And so that can trip her up or trip other people up because there's this enormous untold pressure on her to just know stuff all the time. And the truth is she knows stuff in her area of expertise. And even then, she might not be able to recall everything instantly but there's this expectation that she can just sort of come up with a fact or a, an anecdote about a word just on the spot all the time. And I just I'd, I found that interesting and a little bit relatable. And, and I just love the fact that it's like when you meet your heroes and they are just as nice or amazing as you think they're going yeah. to be. And I listened to her and I, I sort of related a lot to her. And I love the fact that she is incredibly intelligent, but very gentle and unassuming with it. Um, and she just seems so lovely. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. That she counts is very for lovely. so much, you know, intelligence and kindness. Wow. Um, well, do you know what? Ironically, on Time Hop today, it picked up, it um, posted the picture of me, Jim and Susie. It was two years today <gasps> that we recorded that. So there was you it? go. Oh, that's a weird oh. serendipity, isn't it? That, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'm really yeah. pleased I picked her then. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Jim, have you thought um, of yours yet? Yes, I mean there is one that sticks out, but there's just there's just so many great episodes and great guests. Mm. What I love is the range of guests we get, and what I love is the energy they all bring. So some, you know, we had John Bradley from Game of Thrones on. Some will come in ready to talk about blank moments. I mean, he had prepared a whole list of things. He was in the right mood. He was very serious, and we had a really in depth, interesting interview about a lot of the problems that he hadn't even spoken about before 
playing a character on, on Game of Thrones and then how it seeped into his everyday life. It was fascinating. Then you get people like Sanjeev Bhaskar, who is just a legend and is the nicest guy and comes in and just wants to chat and chat and has so many great stories, but it's just really relaxed and effervescent and came up with a phrase for us that we've put on merchandise now with um, happy blank, sad blank. <laughs> What's the third one? Oh, my God. <laughs> You've probably forgotten it. <laughs> oh, dear. This is really good, um, saying the merchandise, yeah. Jim. Happy blank, <laughs> sad blank, neutral blank. There we go. Neutral oh, blank. Yeah. Fearful blank's the other is one, not fit? sad oh my blank. Oh, God, what's wrong with me? Happy blank, we'll cut, we'll, this. We'll cut yeah. this. Happy blank, we won't. I'm going to leave it in. Happy Let blank, fearful blank. Um, happy <laughs> blank, fearful blank, neutral blank, which is a fan, uh, which is a fantastic, and I would say, very memorable um, quote for uh, merchandise. Um, but anyway, my two favourite... Well, not favourite, but two of my favourite um, blank moments are, uh, and they're very different, is Rhys Shearsmith, when he came on and spoke about social anxiety, which was like a gut punch for me, because I just related to it so hard. And I would say it's probably one of the most tweeted about episodes we've had. So many people, pretty much, was it a year and a half old episode? People still tweet us and say, oh, I really yeah, relate I- to that. I have the same problem. And I will, I'll just caveat that, Jim. I was just going to say that came right at the end yeah. of the conversation. We were about yeah. to kind of stop the interview or the chat. I don't, I don't like to say the word interview. The conversation was about to finish. And often when we ask that blank, what's your advice, that blank moment bit, and it pops up yeah. a whole new line of inquiry, if you like. Yeah, Sorry, and Jim, he yeah, really opened yeah, that, up. That, that's amazing. That, that, about that. Yeah. But I think my favourite blank moment that anyone's told us is... Um, Caroline Lucas, MP for the Green Party, talking about being very early on in her career, getting the the way that the, the House of Commons runs is so archaic and everyone's like shouting over each other and will the right honourable minister step aside and you get your moment. And she was getting really into it as a, as a young MP uh, and then stood up and couldn't remember what she was going to say in front of 600 <laughs> MPs. Uh, and I just I felt I cringed when she told us that because I could feel like how horrible that would be. Um, and and getting away with Hansard just putting dot 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 and Hansard has to literally legally has to write every single thing that someone says. Um mm. so they were on her side and and then the fact that ever since then she's always taken a notepad with notes on. So, you know, she had a blank moment, she learned from it, it's changed the way that she now uh, you know, does her job. So and the fact that she's an absolute legend for me as well, one you know, a, She's a real rock star for me, Caroline Lucas. So I was very nervous meeting her. Um, but yeah, that's that's that was an incredibly memorable moment. And just again, that's an example of our guests coming on high-profile guests with a lot to lose. Really being really honest about these moments where they've screwed up. Um, uh, and that's the beauty of the podcast and the book, I think. Yeah, likewise, saying about the the beauty of podcasting and how people forget. I think sometimes they're being recorded. I mean, even now when we're, you know, doing it via Zoom, there's still that candidacy, which is so wonderful that people feel relaxed and uh, reassured that they can open up to us about, you know, very difficult things. I mean, I think in recent months we've had David Harewood came on and talked incredibly emotionally about his breakdown mm. that he had during his life. And a thing that people... I think for him as a, as a well-known people person was the fact that people would come to him for advice and reassurance and that weight of, uh, of expectation on him to kind of come up with the, 
the key ingredients to help them just took its toll on him and uh, made him spiral down again. And it, it, we all we all shed a tear <laughs> yeah, I think, on that one. It was very yeah, emotional. Yeah, yeah. And then we had again a, a, um, a very emotional episode with Sarah Barlando, who was a an actress who's an actress who's who sort of started her career as a as, as a professional tennis player and then had a terrible road accident mm-hmm. and lost movement in her arm and she told she told us so many in-depth details about that the whole incident the the, the accident the the aftermath and again we all got very very emotional so those ones always stick in the mind as because mm. you're having these mm. such visceral conversations with people mm. it's it's incredible but i think my favorite moment for me probably just because uh, he's such a hero to me is is louis Farou yeah. because just having to be in a room with him is just you know he's i've followed his career from weird weekends to you know i just watch it i devour everything that he does and i've read his books and yeah so just to have him on the podcast was such a treat and he was so brilliant and funny very very witty and 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 his thoughts on blank blankness you know he's, he he got to that point where he was saying that he was having a he was trying to sort of like see what the next path was for him and and being at a crossroads in his career and stuff which again i haven't heard him ever talk about before or be that candid on any interviews before um that was a really special moment that he felt like he could sort of talk to us about that and and yeah say that um that blankness for him was a you know constant thorn in his side it was always there with him and, and again yeah it was a really lovely moment so yeah that was that's probably my favorite he, yeah and we made him drink out of a coffee out of a glass as well which i feel quite <laughs> yeah, embarrassed about we made now. a lot of our guests do that um <laughs> bringing them down to earth on the blank podcast <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah he's a legend absolute legend yeah. um so what so um just sort of wrapping up what can we say about the book now where where what can we tell people what to do can they pre-order it i just <laughs> i like to end with like a call to action and i just realized halfway through that sentence i don't know what it is <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, it sort of depends when this is going out but um I well, mean, we can put it out when you want uh, yeah, basically <laughs> okay well i mean the, the book is already available to pre-order on amazon um but it's um i mean that is that is my my kind of lasting message to the <laughs> listeners is go buy the book, yeah, yeah. Please, uh, yeah, pre-order it. <laughs> I mean, you know, Amazon, I, I have mixed feelings about Amazon, but um, obviously you can buy it uh, on many other um, booksellers' websites. You don't have to go into a bookshop if you're not able to. Um, Waterstones Online, uh, Foils, uh, The Hive, I love. I could um, say Hive, yeah. Can yeah. you pre-order from Hive as well? Uh, yes, I believe you can, yeah. Okay, cool. Um and uh, so, you know, there's there's loads of places you can get it. Um, but it, the official publication date is the 18th of March next year. And I'm hoping that um, that by that time, the world will look significantly rosier. Yes. Um, and all right, maybe just a little bit rosier, but even still, um, we'll have got through 2020 and you'll have written yeah. this book. And for that reason alone, it will be a successful year. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it um, coming out. I think you should be extremely proud of yourselves. And um, I'm very, um, I feel very honoured to be publishing it. Oh, and, thank you. Um, oh, thank I you. Think, I think people well, are I was going to, yeah, I wanted to say actually, if I haven't said this in private, I want to say, I'll say it publicly, how, what a joy it's been to work yeah. with you and, and all the team at Quadrio. It's been, you know, it's been a really, really enjoyable process for me. I've, I've loved 
writing the book, you know, actually writing non-fiction. I never thought I'd write a non-fiction book and it's just been so such a great experience to, to, to write it and um, really loved, you know, obviously collaborating with Jim on it as well. It's been just a really joyful process. I mean, writing is incredibly hard, as we all know. Mm. Um, but actually, you know, with all writing, obviously, that has challenges, but I've never felt like... Uh, I've never had any moments of feeling pissed off or, or really like tearing my hair out particularly. So that that's that that's that's great for me. me. Um, so uh, yeah, hair left. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, so so that that's that's always a bonus. Um, no, it's been a really really enjoyable pro, um, process, and um, I'm just so yeah, I'm so chuffed with how it's how it's coming out, and um, and yeah, and it's and and like huge kudos to everyone at Quadrille. Yeah, I can only say the exact Thank same. You very much, and guys. I, I, was, it, I find it quite daunting. I think the prospect of doing it, but um, you guys have made it a very pleasurable. Um, experience for me so thank you very much uh, and now I can officially say I'm an author so thank you for helping me do that as well because that's, uh, yeah <laughs> it was amazing but it's been it's been a really really positive experience so thank you Celine you're welcome thank you Well, there you go. That was our lovely commissioning editor, Quadrille, Celine Hughes. And that was a great episode. I mean, I think we planned this to just be like a kind of special announcement episode, but actually it's like a proper episode of Blank. Yeah, well, well, this is what, you know, when we get great guests on who are able to talk intricately and interestingly about their subject, then inevitably you're going to overrun. And, you know, I found that really, really fascinating, mm. talking to Celine about what she does and why they commissioned the book. And, and I really hope that anyone's listening that is writing a book or has written one will get have had a bit of insight there into how to pitch it maybe or how to just when you're setting it out as to where you're going on your journey of writing what to think about this whole idea of what's your usp and how does it fit yeah. into the markets and stuff is something i never would have considered and i've only learned through doing this process of writing this book and and and, and i find that really interesting so um yeah we've we've never really had anyone sort of from industries before have we on this We've normally only have creatives, so I think it's interesting to get that side of how things work. But actually, what a creative... I mean, obviously, the publishing industry is creative anyway, but actually, your role as an editor, you are being creative all the time. So I think, you know, it is, yeah. it's really interesting. And I think it was great to hear Celine sort of talking about, actually, I've never worked in doing, like, a non-fiction book before. And obviously, this is your first book anyway, Jim. Yeah. But um, from as opposed to sort of fictional writing and the and the differences when you're you know non-fiction it's very much more you can pitch an idea and yeah. and you work and you develop that idea and then it becomes the finished product whereas sometimes with um with obviously with fiction you're kind of you you, you might have a finished manuscript or you are you know two or three chapters in or whatever it might be you, it's it, there's a lot more kind of prepared work if you know what i mean so yeah, it's like different i mean for um, for people, we didn't really talk about it too much on the on the pod, but so the idea of the book came about really, like I said, early doors when we were doing those first few recordings, um, thinking actually there's there's a lot in here that we could develop into sort of an into other things, you know, maybe a book or or maybe some blog posts or whatever it might be. I knew there was extra kind of um, fodder there, mm. and I think you know I'd sort of mentioned it to you, and then 
um, we started to sort of put together some maybe chapter ideas. And then that is what we went to Celine with. You know, I, I messaged Celine on um, on Twitter. I DM'd her. I knew Quadrille were a great publisher. I liked the, some of the stuff they'd put out. I think they'd had some they'd have some history of doing uh, working with podcasts before. So I just thought they'd be the, the perfect fit for us. And just said, look, this is the kind of idea we've got. These are the themes with two guys opening up about all these different issues. And, you know, this is kind of the concept. And then we just kind of developed it. And, you know, we started writing a few sort of chap- chapters and stuff. And then it kind of went from there. So it's really interesting, the differences. You'd never, I'd never would do that with a fiction title. Mm. So that's that's really interesting to see those differences between the two types of publishing. Yeah, I've learned a lot through this process. It's, mm. been, it's been fascinating, real interesting journey into a world i never thought i'd ever be a part of to be honest so it's um it's been really eye-opening and certainly this year as well you know it's been a pretty rubbish year but to be able to work on something like this and uh learn a lot about the industry and become an author i'm really proud of that really I proud. Know, well, you should man it's seeing cool. my name on amazon as an author you know it's, it's yeah it's not something i ever ever thought i'd do so i'm i'm very very proud of that um indeed so let's remind people that yeah. um i've closed my tab what an idiot Let you can get, get the book uh it will be available from the 18th of march you can pre-order it now from online outlets or from your local bookshop you can go to hive.co.uk you can find it on there it is called jim blank why it's fine to falter and fail and how to pick yourself up again by charles paley phillips and jim daly there you go look it's official. It's at official. Last. <laughs> um, so yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, special episode. We hope that you'll pre-order the book or buy it when it comes out. And we really, really hope you'll enjoy it and get as much out of the book as we did writing it. Um, and obviously from the podcast as well. So um, yeah, thanks for listening to this special episode. Um, please buy the book. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> At Costa, we believe that whatever you've got planned, it's probably best to have a coffee first. The flat white that puts a spring in your step for your 90th stroll round the block. The cappuccino that helps you choose your first haircut in months. Or the latte that gets you excited to commute again. Well, almost. Which is why at Costa, we're here to help you enjoy your favourites, whether you click and collect, pick up from a Costa Express machine, or get it delivered to your door. T's and C's apply. See costa.co.uk slash terms. This is Letters from a Killer, a Podimo podcast series. Over the past five years, we've been receiving letters from killers facing life in prison or the death penalty in an attempt to learn about their lives and what caused them to commit murder. I am not guilty of intentionally killing her, and they knew it. Letters we are now bringing you in a brand new podcast series, Letters from a Killer. I only thought, why is this happening at all? Like, share and follow now, wherever you get your podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.